Hey, girlfriends. I'm so happy you're here. Welcome to Staying Inspired. I'm your host and hype woman, Amanda Yoa, and my jam is inspiring the ambitious, the bodacious, the next level women in the making. This is the hottest place for let's be real conversation, inspo humor, and juicy gems of wisdom for you to step up, step out, and make some next level moves in your life, relationships, and beyond. Now that you're here, grab some snacks, sit on back, and let's get into it. Hey, girlfriends. Welcome back to another episode of Staying Inspired. Today, I have with me the amazing Dana Donnelly. Dana is a podcast host of her show, Ask Me When I'm a Millionaire, soon-to-be-published author, speaker, and entrepreneur. Dana's mission is to teach others to stand confidently in their power to be unapologetically themselves and guide them on their journey to becoming their best selves. So welcome to the show, Dana. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so excited to dig into this topic. I was just saying to Dana, I love having guests on because, you know, sometimes you get tired of just sitting there and ranting to yourself. So (laughs) it's nice to have somebody to conversate with, but um, so before we dig in, I do want to give a quick shout out. Now I know Dean, you're in the you're in the um the neighborhood of I want to ask you, did you ever have the Freshworks? Oh my God. My <laughs> favorite. I used to it's actually my best memory with my grandpa who's no longer with us. I used to when I lived in Port Richmond, mm-hmm. I um would get I, I we'd order every Friday. And I'd go pick it up and it was like a whole thing. He had to pay. We would fight every Friday. Who's going to pay? He had to pay. I would come pick it up and it would be like our Friday uh, ritual. So it was amazing. Oh, <laughs> I love that. And I, you know, I hear that from so many people, you know, it, like I, in Philly on Fridays, like you order out, it's like a thing. Um, some Sometimes people do it multiple times a week and that's fine too. But I always, you know, when you want, if anybody is is from the Philly area and hasn't checked them out yet, if you're traveling to Philly, you know, my girlies that are outside the Philly area, if you're traveling in and you want like the real deal, I know, you know, when you Google where are some great places for a cheesesteak, they're going to give you those names. Um, But this is like the real deal, like where the real Philly people go for their cheesesteak. So check them out. Their link is in the description. If you want a delicious cheesesteak, a hoagie, which some people call them subs. We call them hoagies here. Because Uh, they're hoagies. Yeah, they're hoagies (laughs) because that's, you know, that's what you should call them. I would suggest their wings because they're my favorite. (laughs) Yeah, their wings, um, their buffalo. I mean, I could go on with the sandwiches, the sandwich selection, but um, check them out. Their link, their Instagrams in the description. If you can't make it, just go over to their Instagram and say, yo, I'm a gold friend from Staying Inspired. Just wanted to say hi. Heard your shout out on her show. Um, it will warm his heart for sure. So <laughs> <laughs> check them out. The Fresh Works. All right. So let's dig in. So I, I know you have some things going on. You are the new Mrs. Donnelly. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Thank We're you. We're recently married. Tell us about that. Give us all the deeds. It was the best. I know this is so cliche and I hate to even say it because I hate saying cliche things, but it was actually the best day of my life. Aww. And it was the best day because it wasn't perfect. Yes. And we're just not perfect people. No one is, but like we don't strive to be. And our day, even our photographer, he said it best. He was like, this was the most authentic wedding I've ever been to. Because the whole day we were just, we forgot to take our welcome shot or, and we forgot to 
do like a couple things and neither of us cared about it. We were just so happy and so excited to just be getting married. We didn't care about anything else. We didn't do like specific photos that we had planned and we just didn't care. We're like, we just want to be married. We just want to party with our friends. Like we just want to have a good day and not, you know, like stress over the small things, which is kind of like a theme in my life anyway. So it was just the best. I couldn't have asked for a better day. Yeah, you looked beautiful. Stunning bride. Love it. You still have your wedding glow about you right now. For those of you who can't see her, she is glowing. Girlfriend glowing. But no, I love that. I And you know what? That's what it should be about. And I feel like, you know, social media has gotten us carried away with having those picture-perfect weddings. And you care so much about what other people are going to think. And, you know, are my pictures going to turn out? You forget to really take in the day. And just be in the moment. Yeah. 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 You know, it shouldn't be, that's, again, it's one of the most important days of your life if you choose to get married, you know? So don't worry about, you know, the getting this picture and that picture, just be in the moment and what happens happens. And that's what's meant to happen. You know, I, I really do wish I could go back in time and change some things about my own wedding, but I do have to say, as far as pictures were concerned, I had this really high-end photographer. I don't even know if he's in business anymore, but my mom really loved him. So I was like, okay, we'll go with him. He took beautiful pictures, but some of the pictures that he wanted to do, and I, I was just like, oh, that's not really me. Like, I'd rather just keep it like real, like just capture us in the moment. I don't want to do too many posy posy pictures. Because that's boring and I'm, I, you know, I want to get to the real thing of celebrating and having fun. And he was down with that and they turned out really nice. So, yeah, that was us. Like that was our thing. And, and I'm not going to lie. Like I used to work in the wedding industry for like, I don't know, maybe six years. And yeah. And I wasn't like, I knew I was not going to have this like big, crazy, like expensive wedding. But like when I started seeing, cause I never followed anything wedding wise on Instagram. When I started following these accounts, I was like, it overwhelmed me at first. I almost like fell into that trap of like trying to do what everybody else in the world is doing. And I was like, I had to check myself in real time. I had to coach my own self and be like, we're, we are not doing this right now. <laughs> yeah, this is not what's going to happen. <laughs> That's funny. Well, I'm glad that you had a beautiful day and you kept it real so you I, you mentioned in your bio, too, that you're a soon-to-be author. Can you tell us a little bit about your book? So I actually just changed the name. Who knows if it'll change again before <laughs> I love that. <laughs> it was originally uh, titled Finding Yourself After Losing Yourself. And that is what the book's about. The subtitle is Taking Your Power Back, or was, I should say. Now that is the title itself. Just because that is what the book's about. It's truly about taking your power back. And we have to do that over and over again in life. It's something I've had to do since I was on my own at 16. And it's something I've continued to remind myself of through each new season of my life, because that's just, it's something we all fall into giving our power away to social media, to other people, to if, you know, in my case, an ex who was really toxic and took me down or I allowed to take me down a really dark road. And that's where this book came from. I spent a lot of my years giving my power away. And when I finally found myself, when I finally remembered who I, who I am and started to like build off of that, I realized like 
this is what life is about. It's about just losing yourself and finding yourself again and continuing to take that power back and no longer allowing other people to de- to dictate how you're living your life or who you should be, to just being who you are unapologetically. And that's what the book's about. I love that. That's so powerful. And it's honestly what we're talking about today, you know, um, taking your power back and realizing you know, going through your healing journey and, you know, the realization that, you know, you are healing and and what does that involve? So I want to start kind of with, you know, how did you realize that healing was not just necessary, but possible for you? I realized during the darkest time in my life, I at one point was living in hotels because I had a dog that couldn't I couldn't find an apartment. I was really not financially in a good place. I was in that toxic relationship that I mentioned and I didn't know who I was. And I was just had this epiphany one night laying in that hotel room with little to no money, wondering where I was going to live the next day or how, what I was going to eat. And I was like, this can't be it. This isn't it for me. This isn't me. I don't know who I am, but I know this is not it. I know that there is a better way to live. I just got to figure it out. I just got to get through this period in my life. I just got to survive this so that I can see what's next, see what's behind the next door. And like, that's how I knew in, in that moment when I had nothing, I just knew that that's, that wasn't what I was meant to do. That wasn't how I was meant to live my life. And I just, I didn't know how I was going to figure out, but I just knew I had this like intuition that something big was going to change in my life. Yeah. Yeah. I love those moments of like trust in your gut. And I do. I I often call them like, I just had this like light bulb epiphany moment of, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe I, I call them like that quiet whisper that if you listen to it long enough, it becomes a loud roar. And, you know, because we get, we get caught up in our life experiences and our traumas and things that have happened to us, you know, and they, it it turns into this whole narrative that we keep up in our mind. And sometimes we let that run the show. Oh, definitely. In those moments when you're in your darkest time, I think is when that quiet whisper comes up and she's like, Hey, you know, what about me? Or, you know, whatever she says to us. And it's up to us to do the work, to listen to her. And, you know, so like what, you know, you did the work, you listened and you started your journey of healing. So I want to like kind of give our listeners a little something, something in terms of, you know, if they're on their healing journey, because I, you know, sometimes it's hard when you first get rolling to see like, am I doing this right? Is, you know, cause it's new, it's unknown and getting, getting to know your new self is, is sometimes difficult. You know, it's like meeting a stranger. So what were the first signs that that made you feel that you were truly healing? So I started writing. I've been a writer since I was like five years old. I've always like created my own quotes. And like, especially when I was a teenager, I was like, I was always giving people quotes, like making quotes for people. It was just like my thing. And I, in that hotel room that night, when I had this epiphany, I started journaling. I'm pretty sure I journaled on like a napkin. It was, or like a piece of paper that was in the hotel room. I can't even remember, but it was like a hotel pen and a hotel, either piece of paper or napkin, whatever. And I just started journaling how I was feeling. And it was the first time in the longest time that I allowed myself to just get out 
whatever was inside. And to me, that's the best place to start when you're new to your healing journey. Just allow yourself the space, the safe space to just get all those thoughts out. Whatever they may be, however crazy or weird or uncomfortable they may be, just get them out. Even if you're not a writer, you don't have to be a writer to journal. You just need a safe space. And if you're in a place where you're not financially able to afford therapy, this is your form of therapy. This got me through the times when I couldn't afford to talk. I didn't have anyone to talk to that I could trust. And I couldn't afford to pay someone to talk to that I could trust. You know what I mean? And I honestly think that doing it on my own, or at least starting on my own, is what built that relationship with myself to be able to heal. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think, you know, it brings it like my experience, I did the same thing too, like, you know, just writing and it brings like a sense of awareness, you know, because I like I was saying, I think we live sometimes so driven by our minds you know, from that narrative we create, from our experiences. And we let that kind of like take the show unconsciously, like without a second thought. So like journaling, writing down your thoughts, it helps to bring awareness to these things that you're holding on to that you wouldn't normally sit down and really think about. And then it also gives you that space to be like, okay, this isn't reality. <laughs> this story that I've been telling myself, feeling sorry for myself for all... Like it helps you be accountable. It helps you hold yourself accountable to the role you're playing in your own misery. And that's what it did for me. I actually have chills right now because I spent so many years feeling sorry for myself because I was dealt cards that weren't fair, you know? And I do honor that, but I also honored the fact in that moment, I was like, it was the first time in my life I was like, oh my God. I have a responsibility in this. It's not just this person that I'm with. I'm allowing him to treat me this way. I'm allowing him to have this control over me. And it took a while. It took a couple months even after that to really get that person out of my life and and even learn the steps to take. But that first initial like wondering, that first initial like curiosity of what am I doing? What role am I playing in this? That's what like, open the doors, like the floodgates to all of this healing that has happened since. Yeah. I love that. And it, you know, in a way it, it really, you have to shift your mindset from that to me, you know, life is happening to me, which is like a real thing. Like, I don't want people to think that they should never think that life is happening to them. Situations happen. Things happen to you, right? Like, and and I, and I say like, you know, honor that space of, you know, just sitting with that in that season of, you know, Hey, I'm in my victim era right now, you know, but then the choice. And I think the empowerment comes when you make the choice to do the work, which is hard and shift to that. Like what's for me here. I talked about this last week in my, um, my episode about, you know, it's easy to talk about our wins, but what about our losses? You know, cause I, I've seen in my own life, there were things that I was not even taking an account for. And I was discrediting cause I was in this, like my past isn't me anymore. I don't, you know, that's not me. I, I think that's total bullshit. You know, I think the power comes when you're able to say this, this version of me, this version of me, this version of me, no matter how ugly 
it's all of me because that that is a telltale sign that you've went back and you rewrote your story. You dug out that deeper hidden gem of what was for you in that situation. Exactly. And that's what I call taking your power back. It's loving every part of you. I still have so many versions of me that are right now of things that I'm working on. This version of me is still flawed. I will forever be. We will all forever be flawed. The, the idea is not to become a perfect version of yourself. It's just to become a better version of you. And that's what healing is about. That's what your growth journey is. It's not about trying to be someone else. It's not about trying to erase who you used to be. And let's be real. I'm a little embarrassed about who I used to be, but that's me no matter what. You know, you can feel two things simultaneously. I feel like so often we're told by society or we have this pressure to just put on this show. And it's like, no, that weird, crazy, like dark version of me is me. And I'm still, I'm so proud to show that because how the hell would I have gotten here had I not been her? How would I have gotten here had I not felt sorry for myself for so long? You know what I mean? Like, I feel like we all go through different transformations in our lives where we do play both roles. We are the victim. And if we're the victim, we can also be our own hero. We can also change the thought patterns that we have and the mindset we have to take the power that we have inside back and to realize, okay, I was a victim because I made myself that and also life made me that in certain ways. But now I am also going to take the responsibility and be who I am now and allow that power to light that fire inside of me. And honestly, that's what happened for me. And it still happens for me when I go through dark periods and I'm like, I start to forget who I am a little bit. And I start to forget, you know, when I'm not feeling so much support from other people and I start to get you know, this road sometimes gets lonely and I start to feel that again. I just have to recenter. I take the time and just let it be what it is because I think so often we, we try to rush past that feeling of being a victim or feeling like life is hard, but life is hard. You know what I mean? Life is hard. So it's like, just honor that and allow yourself to feel what you need so that you can heal so that you can take that power back. Yes. So powerful. So, so powerful. Realizing you, you have to take that, you have to set that intention for yourself and take accountability for yourself. And it can really sting. It can burn because, you know, you get stuck in that victimization of, but this was really hard and this really happened to me. And, you know, and all those things cut deep and some cut deeper than the others, you know, I don't know, you know, I'm not trying to compare my situation to anybody else's, but you know, there, there comes a time where you have to realize, am I living a life that I want to live? Am I allowing the true me to shine through? Or am I allowing my past experiences to mold this version of me that isn't even me? You know, I feel like sometimes we look at ourselves in the mirror. I remember one time, like, I just looked at myself and was like, who is this person? Mm-hmm. I love that you use that. You looked at yourself in the mirror. The beginning of my book that I don't care what publisher says what, I will not change. It was as if I woke up one day and looked at myself in the mirror and was like, no, this is not the person that I want to be. 
And I know I have so much more in me. I know that I don't feel connected to this way that I'm living my life right now. And it was, it was in an instant that I kicked that person out of my house that was living with me. That was horrible for me. It was in an instant that I decided I was going to quit this job. That was not good for me. It was in an instant that I decided like, I don't know where I'm going from here, but I know I'm going somewhere and I, and it's closer to who I really am. And that's what, that's what life is. It's just about not trying to be perfect, but trying to give yourself the space to change and grow and evolve because that's going to happen for the rest of our lives. There will be moments where you look at yourself, like you said, in the mirror and you don't recognize the person staring back at you. And that's honestly a beautiful experience because now the doors are open to whatever opportunities and possibilities to create a new version, a new life for yourself. Yep. I love that. And you know, it's like you're looking at for the first time, I think, you know, you have that realization of there is something inside of you that is more than what you've been living, you know, up in your mind. You're 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 listening to that quiet whisper, as I like to call it, you know, and allowing her to come forward and say, you know, you're meant for more. So I I love that. I love that. So, you know, what advice would you give? I guess for women listening who are like, holy shit, you know, this is really hitting home for me today. Who, you know, what advice would you give someone who is, is beginning their, their healing journey? I would say my number one advice, my top advice for you would be to be patient with yourself. Be patient because, I mean, I struggle with patience. <laughs> I don't have much patience in my life. I hold myself to the highest possible standard and that's that prevented me from I did that at the start and it prevented me from healing in a deeper way at at first not I mean I eventually got there but I had to teach myself like okay show yourself some grace like I literally had to say those words to myself show yourself some grace be patient you're gonna find things out about yourself that you don't love and it's gonna be hard to see that and it's gonna be hard to Remember things that you did, another version of yourself did that you're not proud of. But when you're patient and when you give yourself that grace and you're just present in that moment with yourself, you open the door for more healing and more intuition to come through. Because what happens is when we are impatient with ourselves, when we are holding ourselves to too high of a standard, we block our blessings. We block the healing. Because then we fall back into that mindset, like in the snap of a finger, that's how quick it happens to where you're like, oh no, I suck. I'm never going to be better. Like this version of me is horrible. And you fall into that, not only self-pity, but self-hatred mindset. And what goes hand in hand with that advice would be to love yourself. And showing yourself grace is loving yourself. The journey to healing is the journey to loving yourself. And the only way to start that journey is to be patient and be graceful with yourself so that you can see these parts of you that may not be the prettiest, right? You might find things that you were never even conscious of that you did, which happened to me a lot in this journey. And it was hard to look at. But now I'm so proud of her. I'm so proud of that version of me because she had some really horrible qualities and I 
now today have worked through them. And I found the why. I found the why behind why I was having those, you know, reactions or behaviors and got myself here. So just that's my advice for you. Be patient on this journey to loving yourself and just show yourself some damn grace. Yeah, I love that. You know, and I, I totally resonate with that, you know, having the horrible qualities and you have to, the grace is like the door opener, you know, like the grace, the gratitude and realizing, you know, girlfriend was just doing the best that she could with what she had. Right. And I'm going to tell you something. Like, don't think that, you know, you're on the beginning. It doesn't really matter. I should have said no matter what season that we're in in our healing journey, because I feel like we're always healing. We're always going to need these reminders. Like what you just said, I'm like, yeah, like I I feel like whenever we're taking next level steps towards whatever we're doing in our lives, our business, what have you, there's always going to be those versions of us that come and try to sneak their way back in those intrusive thoughts that try to keep us in our zone of comfort. Right. And I, you know, where I'm at now, I, I still have that and I still, but now I have the tools in my toolbox that I need in order to deal with her. That you can reach for. Yeah. I let her come up. I let her talk her shit. And then I'm like, all right, like settle down. You know, we'll, we know what we're doing here. We thank you for your input, but you know, we're just going to do the thing. (laughs) No, it's, it's who, you know, and I don't, I say this because I remember getting to a point and having those things happen and being really discouraged and disappointed in myself. Like, oh man, I thought we got over this. And then I remember listening to something, you know, saying like our journey as humans, having this experience is is never ending. We're always growing. We're always stepping into our next level self. We're always going to have, you know, those past versions of ourselves that come in and try to prevent us from doing the thing, from being the woman, you know, but it's in those moments and it's the choice that you make in those moments that define whether you stay in that, you know, pity party, feeling bad for myself, stuckness. Or you you grow and you do the thing or you become the next level version of yourself. So don't feel, you know, whatever season you're in, don't think that it's just that season. No, it happens all the time. <laughs> We're constantly transforming ourselves, whether we are conscious of it or not, honestly. And anytime we step into, like you said, you say the next level of you, the next level of your life, the next chapter of your life, you're going to be new at. This, this next part of your healing journey, it's going to feel new to you. You're going to be a beginner all over again. There are people that have been doing this work for 40 plus years that are well known in the personal development industry that are very open about still being beginners at this work because you can be a master at one healing season of your life. And here comes the next season and suddenly you find yourself, holy crap, like we're doing this again. Here it comes. And you just have to give yourself that, like I said, that space, that patience to just figure it out because everything in life is figure outable. Every single thing that we go through, we will figure it out. It's all going to be okay in the end. And I hate, I know that's again, another cliche saying, but it's so true. You, you figure out everything in your life because you have to. That's the only way you can't just live. I mean, you could just live your life in limbo, but then you're not living. You're just being there. You're just surviving, right? And so when you're going through this healing process, just know that 
every season is going to look a little bit different from for you and you're going to feel like a beginner over and over again and that's a part of the process and honestly the, that part of the process is beautiful because that's when you learn the most mm, i love that trust the process trust the process this has been such a good conversation and i don't know if you guys noticed by now um well i think i mentioned in the beginning you know dana and i were both from philly I love our accent. And I feel like when I'm around someone with it, it makes mine worse. <laughs> like it just comes out. Like when I'm with my friend, I was talking to um, someone and I was like, you know, I want to have all my friends on for an episode, but I feel like I'm going to have to have like an interpreter because when we're all with each other, you know, it's just, it just comes out. But I remember a time when I was embarrassed of it. Like, have you ever felt that way? Oh my God. Yes. Yeah. Like I was like, you know, stepping into the coaching world and, you know, wanting to make an impact and speak. And I'm like, who's gonna, who's gonna take this serious? Yeah. Like, listen to me, like who is going to take this serious? But, you know, I, I, I think it's an important thing and something I wanted to bring up, you know, our, our Philly isms, like, you know, we say water, I don't, it's hard Do for me. Like, I have to tell you a story about that. Oh, go ahead, about, go ahead. About the water. I went to, so I grew up in Philly my whole life, but my mom kind of like stole me for high school and brought me to the suburbs for three years. And I went to like the preppiest high school possible. They drove like mercedes benz bmws like ferraris to school um i think i know where you went a kid <laughs> i'm just over here a kid from philly you know it was my very strong my my accent was probably even stronger then and and i was a kid so it was like who knows what i sounded like you know but i used to get made fun of like every day and at first i didn't know i, I grew up in philly my whole life i didn't know how i sounded i didn't know i was different you know and then people would literally come up to me in high school and like force me to say things, like say certain words. And I mean, now I'm so proud of it. But then I didn't like, at first I was so naive. I didn't know what they, like why. And then finally I realized what they were doing. They were like making fun of me. And I was like, what? Like, and I had this, like, I, I've always been myself, but I had this underlying feeling like I just wish I didn't have this accent. I wish it didn't sound like this. And I started to try and say water. And like that sounded even worse <laughs> than saying water because I'm like forcing it. It was just the whole thing. But now I'm proud of it. At yeah. one time, it was not. <laughs> yeah, same. I, it, I, I was just recently up the mountains. I forget when it was, but we were out and my friends called me outside because I, I feel like I have, out of all my friends, I kind of have like the thickest accent of us all so everyone my one friend was like man come out here and i'm like what and they were like say tail and i <laughs> I, I was like you know yeah. like a bath towel and that's yeah. how i say it i'm like tail right. and they were like oh like it's so funny and i was like what did you call me out here i was like uh, say this. yeah like uh what is this a circus I'm like goodbye Right. Yeah, like, you know, but I, I, a part of me, like when I was starting out my journey of, you know, speaking and coaching, I thought to myself, you know, who's going to take me serious? And I remember being in a room, um, on the social audio app and Glenn Morshower, he's a, he's an actor. Mm -hmm. Can't remember what he's, he's on a popular show. One of, oh, I think it's a zombie show. Oh my gosh. What is that? One of those zombie shows that are on. The Walking Dead? Yes. 
I love that show. Yes, I, I think he was it. on The Walking Dead. <laughs> yes, he was on The Walking Dead. He does a lot of work, but he was in there talking, and I've like had mustered up the balls to like come off mic, and I was like, "What do I do?" You know, because I want to make an impact. I want people to take me serious, but I have this accent. And he was like, yeah, so. And I'm like, well, like, what should I do? And he's like, what do you mean? I mean, your accent is what makes you stand out. Mm -hmm. Then I realized, um, like, he gave me such a a powerful, you know, I had such a powerful moment because it made me realize, like, that was it for me. Like, that's what's going to make me stand out, you know? And it's, you know. Just being you. Even even us, we're both from Philly. We both have the accent, but we're both we we are both doing similar things, but still very different. It make just being yourself helps you stand out. And like that was, I wish I had him. I wish I had Glenn when I was in high school to tell me this. <laughs> right? I felt so horrible about myself because these freaking rich kids who are preppy as hell making me feel horrible about myself and I allowed them and I was just sitting over here for like months like just like praying to God that I had a different voice and you know it's so and being in this industry where literally all you do is talk it's hard it's so hard like the first do you remember the first time you ever just like listened back to yourself oh recording? yeah yeah I said I'll never take it if you go to my first episode Ladies, if you're listening, go to my first episode of Sane Inspired. It wasn't even called that. It was Empowered Hype House at the time. Um, listen to that because I go, it's just me on a tangent for like a like a half hour, 45 minutes, but I'll never take it off, right? You can't because it's like it shows the process, right? And I like I wanted to bring this up today because I think, you know, a lot of us, and this is something that I'm really trying to ingrain in my community of next level women. You know, because a lot of communities talk about a place where you fit in, a place where you fit in. And, you know, for me, I visited a lot of those communities and I realized I'm like, I don't, I stick out like a sore thumb, right? And I'm like, and then something just like light bulb moment. I was like telling my friends, I'm like, I just don't know. Like, I love it. Lovely people, love the people. I was like, but I just didn't feel like I felt in. And my one friend was like, well, Make your own community. And I was like, oh, yeah, good idea. Because you know what? I don't really truly think we're meant to fit in. I think we're born to stand out, right? And it's 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 finding that power. And, and in that moment with Glenn, he gave me that permission that I needed that I wasn't able to give myself in that moment to really shine out in who I am, knowing that what makes you you in whatever industry you're in, like even in life, you know, it's like we we look at all the amazing people on Instagram, the influencers, and, you know, it's you, you try to emulate, you know, things that they're doing. I'm going to live my life like that. First of all, half of that's probably bullshit. And you you're know, only showing what they want to show. Right. And then like in reality, you're missing the most important ingredient to the sauce, which is yourself, you know, and I had that in my life. I had a whole hat phase on my Instagram. I'll never delete it. It's down there if you want to look at it. I wore this fucking hat. hat face. Yeah, I wore this fedora hat, which, I mean, it looked cute as shit on me, but I was like trying to, in my mind, I was like, I need to be this person in order to fit in in this You have world. to put on a persona. Yeah. No, 100%. Yeah. We've all had that, I think. 
It it was so hard. And like even the even the accent thing, like I would try to show up in spaces and talk. And half the time I would lose what I was trying to say because I was too worried about did I say that word how normal people say it? <laughs> you know, like No, a hundred percent. I I agree. My podcast app podcast ask me when i'm a millionaire that's like the 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 message behind that too is just to be yourself unapologetically whatever that is some days my best self is not great i give lots of attitude i might have a reaction i might have a behavior i'm not proud of by the end of the day i hold myself accountable to that and then i'm also like okay cool this was me this is me who i was today and just being unapologetically yourself opens that door to not only bettering yourself, but to love yourself as you are today. You don't have to become some, even your best version of yourself to love yourself. You can love yourself who you are right now. And I think a lot of these groups, maybe even some that you're talking about in our industry, personal development is, oh, I'm not talking badly on any of them. Just sometimes it's a little bit, (laughs) just sometimes a little bit too positive in, in the way where it's, toxic and where they say, oh, you have to be your best self and you have to do this and you have to do that. And I'm like, this is too much. I can't have this much pressure on myself because not only am I going to fuck up even more because I'm too trying too hard to be someone I'm not, but I'm trying to fit into this box that I create. I'm trying to fit into a box someone else created. I don't want to be in a box. I want to have no ceiling, you know? I want to be who I want to be. And showing up like when you try to do that shit is so exhausting. Like every single day showing up, like, and, and then you get to a point where you can't show up. Right. And then you just finally like surrender to yourself. Like I remember having this like epiphany moment cause I was like on my Instagram pumping out content. And, like I was racking my brain and I'm like, why is this so hard? Why do I feel like something that finally felt right for me in my life is now a chore And I was just finally like, bing, Amanda, why don't you just show up how, you know, how you want to show up as yourself and be yourself and shine. And you weren't, you know, you were meant to stand out. And I was like, you know what, Amanda, you're right. (laughs) So (laughs) that goes here and here with everything we've talked about today, because we have to, we have to go through these same phases that we've been through before in this new thing that we're doing to have that reminder from life, from universe, from God, whatever you want to believe in to remind us to say, oh, wait, if this is not feeling aligned, it's because something is not aligned. And then you realize, okay, I just need to be myself again. That's it. And then it stops feeling like a chore. It stops feeling like, oh, I'm just, I have to get on. I get to, I get to just do this work and be myself. That's amazing. I get to just get on here for work and be who I am. On a shit. Like, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right. This is the best job ever. I can't believe that I am blessed to do this, you know? Yeah. yeah. Something that you create again, you know, worrying about what other people are going to think of you and all the expectations, you know, you just, just be yourself, realize that you are the most, take your power back in that aspect and realize that, you know, you are your most powerful asset in all that you do, bringing who you are and what you do enables you to stand out. And, you know, there's room for everybody in that aspect. Oh my God, this was so good. Yes. And that goes back to the Philly in us. Um, I've always been a little bit, I like to say assertive, but other people have said aggressive. 
But I feel like it's like Philly nature. I mean, you see it. We talk about sports all the time. And when, especially when it comes to the Eagles and when we're in the playoffs for the Phillies, like we're aggressive fans. We just are, but it's, it's a nature that we built all of us that are actually truly from Philly that we built from growing up here. It just, and you can, you know, I was probably a little aggressive more so than assertive in some periods of my life. But like, yeah, but I use that, like, I'm so proud of that. I'm so proud that Philly has built me to be, to have this strong backbone and to have this assertiveness, especially as a woman in an industry as hard as entrepreneurship, like you need that. And so often in my life, that was another thing I was made fun of for, like, you know, and was always called, like labeled this aggressive person. And I'm like, because I stand up for myself, because I have strong beliefs, because I, this is where I'm from has taught me to be this way. I'm not, I'm not going to apologize for that. Yep. And you know what, too? I love that you brought that up because it, you know, back in the day, I was very aggressive and I just told it how it was. And as I gotten older and I've healed, you know, it's like, when you're able to give compassion and grace to yourself, you know, you kind of soften that part of yourself, but you're still, you're still assertive, right? Cause it's who we are in our nature. And there's still going to be people that take advantage of that in those moments and call you aggressive. Right. And it's just knowing like when to draw that, that bound, when to make that boundary for yourself. Like, no, I'm not being aggressive. I'm being assertive and you just can't handle it. And it, it definitely is. It's an East, it's an East coast thing. It definitely is an East coast thing. And it's like, you know, I love that you brought it up because it's, you know, coming into our authenticity and building our community, you know, within our podcast and what we're doing. It's like knowing we're not meant for everybody. And that's cool. Yeah. Like, and, and that's how I want it to be. Like, I don't want to be for everybody because I know if I am for everybody, I'm a watered down version yes. of myself. A hundred percent. I couldn't agree more because when you're, when you have, I mean, even just think of this in the scenario of like clicks in high school. If you're somebody that everyone loves, you're not being you. Because no, no one person that's living their lives as their true self is going to be loved by everybody. And that's a hard pill to swallow, especially in this, this, this society that's run by social media. But at the end of the day, those of us who are stepping into our truest selves, we find, we can find comfort in each other, knowing that like, if there is a person that doesn't like you, you don't got to take offense to it. You don't have to like internalize that. You don't have to take that as something's wrong with you. You just have to take that as they can't handle you because the version that they of themselves that they are, it's not a match for the version of who you are. And that's cool. Like, honestly, I feel so happy to have that because now I'm not having to be in rooms and places and situations with people who I would feel like even though I wouldn't do it, but would feel the pressure of trying to be someone else. You know what I mean? I don't want that. And I don't want that for anyone else. That's why I love the community you're building because I'm like, this is what people like us need a space to just be who we are and know that we're not for everyone. And that's cool. <laughs> yep. I love it. Thank you for that. Oh, that makes me warm and fuzzy on the inside. <laughs>
Yeah, I'm excited. I mean, I, I love this conversation. Thank you so much for being on today. I can't wait to see where the both of us go in 2024. I know you have some amazing things coming up in your podcast. I was watching your story. You got a lot of segments going on. Let everyone know where they can tune in to check out everything that you have with Ask Me When I'm a Millionaire and you know all the other exciting things. Your book should be coming out soon. So let everyone know where they can connect with you. So you can connect with me on Instagram at Ask Me When I'm a Millionaire. I'm on TikTok, Facebook. It's all Ask Me When I'm a Millionaire. Um, I have my own website, AskMeWhenI'mAmillionaire.com. And my podcast is on Spotify and Apple. So you can tune into podcasts again, Ask Me When I'm a Millionaire. See a theme here. <laughs> it's very easy to find me these days. <laughs> or you could even search Dana Donnelly and I'll come up. And for the book, it's to be determined on a date, but definitely in 2024. Awesome. Well, I'm so excited for you. And again, thank you so much for being on. Um, Till next time, ladies, stay inspired. Thank you so much for listening, Bestie. If you love what you heard, spread the word. Screenshot this episode and post it on your social media. Don't forget to tag your girl. If you would like to show some further love, give this podcast a review over on iTunes. And be sure to follow our Staying Inspired Podcast Community Facebook page. I'm super grateful for each and every one of you. Together, we create that next level self. Till next time, stay inspired.